this is episode five of Behind the Sport. Uh, Brent, good evening. Welcome. Hello, 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 hello. How you doing? Very, very happy to be here on this raining, miserable, sunny English night. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, the weather's been pretty average. And uh, the, the race meet that was spoke about on the last episode went ahead. Yeah, yeah, I got up there for a little bit in the afternoon to catch up with it. Um, wicked event, uh, and, then, and then it stopped. Yeah, <laughs> we went quiet, which is an odd sound at a racetrack, but it was a good event. Very much so, um, thanks to Mr Western Power but uh, and a tree. But um, speaking of race meets, we have with us today Mark Rossiter. Have I said that right? Roisetta, Roisetta, Roisetta in French, you know, there's different ways to go about it, but yeah, Roisetta's fine. Yeah, Yeah. I think we established before this uh, podcast that I'm not really friendly towards the French at the moment, so... we're still at war um, with you're a Kiwi. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so, uh, but anyway, uh, now you are, let me try and get this right, most sport events manager? That's correct, yeah, for Wanna Raceway, that's right. WA Sporting Car Club. Correct, yes. That's uh, my gig there. Um, essentially running all the motorsport events for the club itself, uh, Tomac Sports and also the state race series as well. Yeah. How long have you been up there for now? Uh, since February, actually, this year. So um, kind of got stuck here because of COVID originally back in yep. WA. I was doing some consulting outside and then I got the tap. Would you like a job? Would you, do you want to come up here? It's my home circuit. I used to live here many, many years ago and... Took the opportunity, so here we are now. Used to be a Mr. Drifter boy. Oh, don't, don't, don't say that. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I was, no, no, fully involved in WA Drift back in the day. We actually started, myself and um, another guy called Kev Toe, started the first drift school up there at the circuit in the old okay. V8 pits over the hill many, many mm-hmm. moons ago. Um, taught a lot of kids, had a lot of fun getting into drifting, and then I moved across to two wheels after that, so into bikes and all that shenanigans. Was it just because you figured that, you know, the four wheels were just pretty useless? No, no. So you just went, might as well just go two wheels? I figured two wheels was cheaper. Okay. It's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not. No, you spend a grand it's on tyres on, on, in your drift car and you go out and have a good day of it. You go out on a bike, it costs you just as much. Yep. And then if you crash, it costs even more. So, um, no, I went across because I thought it would be something different, a bit of fun and a bit cheaper. Turns out it's not. So had some good fun doing it at the same time, though. C- competing was also very interesting, yeah. Yeah. So um, your motorsport journey, where did that actually start? Oh, my journey is, is in my job or where did it start prior For, to that? Prior to that. So how did, how did you get the bug to, you know, start, start well, I won't say start being Mr. Drifter Boy because okay. apparently I'm not allowed to say that. Uh, but, um, call me what you like, yeah. Yeah. No, how, how did you get it? Yeah, it's obviously like drifting was where, is drifting where you started? For myself, in a competitive element, yeah, absolutely. So before drifting existed at the circuits, um, even Collie, you know, there was certain industrial areas. I won't name them. Um, I think we might be sitting stage. in one yeah, of them. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving this area like, oh, I know that street. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Sorry, um, you might yeah. hear it sometimes during the podcast recording. <laughs> it's wet out there tonight. It, well, yeah. it is also a bit late, so later than usual, but th- which is fine. But usually about 10 o'clock they start up, so if we're still going by then... Um, yeah, you probably hear some familiar engines and noises. Oh, stages outside. It's a rear-wheel drive. Yep. Get into it. No, 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 I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't condone anything that's not legal motorsport anymore. Good answer. Yeah. No, so um, I've been motorsport my whole life almost, you know, in a way. Like, my dad was into racing. He did a lot of speedway, drag racing and whatnot. We lived, we actually bought a house down the road from Ravenswood Raceway so he could drive his car there. 
um, to go racing <laughs> on the back of the what trailer, right? No, drive it. No, no, it was it was still <laughs> had plates on it. This is nineteen nineties where things you can yeah, yeah. you can still get away with that kind of stuff with yep. cars. Um, but yeah, started off kind of there. Um, involved with him and his drag racing and whatnot. Um, and I got into I've always I built my first car when I was like fourteen with my dad. Nice. Um, had an LX Tirana. Regret selling that now. Looking at the prices. Everyone, I think everyone regrets oh, selling Tiranas. Yeah. I think um, even my dad regret. Well, my dad had a beautiful Tirana. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't want to say what one it was because he's still regretting, regretting it. He uh, actually redid it. Did it all up as a, um, not a knockoff, but you know. A oh, replica. the SLR replica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah as you so do. Not as an SLR. Okay. It was slightly different to the SLR, but. Yeah, very, very nice. I remember have some very fond memories going back and forth in that car on the Nullarbor a few times. Yeah. I think uh, their record um, was 35 hours, I think, from Perth to Melbourne. So, um, yeah, that was swapping drivers as well. So, Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah refuel, yeah, yeah, swap yeah, driver, yeah, off yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there was, uh, yeah, no, no, yeah, they were sleeping in the car and stuff. But, yeah, 35 hours, I think, was the record. Right. So yeah. Rapid, rapid, yeah. So, anyway, enough about me. It's not about me. It's about you. Yeah, so, yeah, um, built my car then. Was always involved in cars in modifying them and whatnot from a very, very young age. Um, and then drifting became a thing. Um, it, I don't know. It was Fast and the Furious time, I have to say. Okay. The, the original one, not version 77 or whatever. Nine. I don't think you can even really call them I, Fast and the Furious it's, anymore. Yeah. It's just... I stopped watching after like three. Yeah. Um, yeah, so around, kind of around that time, I guess. It was early 2000s. Got myself a 180. I moved from a 280 ZX Nissan. I've always been a bit of an import fan. Yep. Um, moved across from my 280 to a 180SX and got into the drifting scene. Um in the early 2000s, continued on with that for quite a few years, had a lot of fun, built a lot of cars, blew up a lot of engines. CAs are trash. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I said it, I said it, I said it. I went through like four of them. I can, I can, I can validate that. I quietly that. agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> now, that Hero engine now, though, if you had a cool CA yeah. now, like, it's almost retro cool to have. You know, and there's a couple getting around WA. There's a really staunch drag car one that pops out every now and again. That's the Prime Garage yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've it's driven a, that. Yeah, I've driven that car, car, man. Sequential box that had titanium. Yeah. We we had got, we got plates for that at some yeah. point, and I went for went for the thrash and that hits the ground. The sparks. Up. Mega yeah. car. That thing was rapid for a CA. Yeah, for a CA. So there's still there's still that. Uh, yeah, and like I said, that's retro cool now. CAs. If you had a CA and all the bits to make it work. Yeah. It's like how FJ20s were cool when. When CAs weren't. Yeah. Because for that reason, it's like retro core, indestructible, rad. Yeah. Glory days of that 80s turbo technology. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. No, I, had, I had an FJ as well, actually. Didn't put it in a car. I was trying to find a 240K. This was oh, like yeah. 10 years ago. My parents were out in the bush trying to find a 240K for me and putting up posters and whatnot because I wanted to build one. And I had the FJ sitting there. I built the FJ engine up. Right ready for a chassis. Couldn't find a chassis. Oh, yeah. man. And now they're like 20 grand for a, a rusted eyed old 240K chassis. Yeah. Twenty grand for an FJ. Yeah, yeah, these days, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I sold mine for like six hundred bucks or something when I when I flogged it off. And like, oh, I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, um, did a lot of drifting. Moved yeah. across to bikes. Can't remember what year it was. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine ish. I've been riding bikes for a while, and just got into racing and had some fun there and did some coaching and bits and pieces and um, ran a race season with MCRC here and had a great time at that and then yep. left the country. Yeah. yeah. We'll uh, we'll get to your exploits overseas shortly, but um, what are you doing with bikes now? In in WA, quite a bit actually. Um, so I, I'm involved with MCRC, so I'm actually on the committee over there, helping to develop 
motorcycle sports, road racing specifically, um, for the club and build membership and engagement, new websites and a bunch of other things that we're working on as a group. Um, but I also run a race team with my brother and sister, actually, yep. who also come from drifting okay. and are now into bike racing. It's the dark side, what can I say? Um, and yeah, we're running GoMoto store team. So there's a team of 11 riders that we support throughout the season. We have full pit crew, um, coaching support on the side and a bunch of other things. Yeah, and nice. It's, it's, a, it's a great little community, a great little environment we've got going and we're getting some good results this season. So yep. pretty stoked with that, yeah. How's that... Uh it was the last round of the MCRC, or was it the round before that? It was two rounds ago. Two rounds ago, when, when it was really wet. Pouring down, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, managed, to ta- managed to take the photo of a rider and tag his brother or something, but, you know, as you do. As you do. <laughs> J-Mac messaged me going, that's not who you tagged, and, you know, of course, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, my phone's buzzing away. Yeah, I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that yeah. later. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shoot. But um, yeah, no, it was really cool, and um, it's it's interesting. And you can tell me to shut up at any point about this. But the bus stop that they put in, the rider seems to have found a way through that. That maybe hasn't slowed him down. It or has it slowed him down? Because it doesn't look like it slowed him down. It wasn't necessarily it's, about slowing them down, was it? It was more about changing the line and it was changing the it wasn't yeah. so much yeah, it was changing essentially the line and okay. the essentially the data modeling they did showed heavy impact zones off the left hand side as you come through there. Because yeah. when you'd come through before the bus stop, it was cranked. You're on the right hand side, knees down, elbows going wild before the transition. Yeah. And they worried at the wash off to that side. Um, so the bus stop came in to remove that element and slow them down in a way yeah. and redirect the line. Okay. Um, the lap times now on the new circuit are sl- slightly slower and the resurface did make the track faster. Okay. So they're faster everywhere else, but slightly slower Sorry. in that one segment. Um, do they still come over to the bus stop pretty quickly? 100%. Yeah. But not I've as fast got, as got, used to. Yeah. some ripper photos of them pulling motos and stuff through there. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, the, bike, the bike lifts, doesn't matter what you're doing through there. If you just pump that li- off the corner a bit, yeah. front's in the air, even on a 600, it'll still lift and... Yeah, a bit of fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's slow. So, yeah, my understanding was the bus stop was put in to slow down, and you know, it's I guess, and that's yeah, I've said on other episodes, you know, I try not to get too in depth knowledge because I, I care, but I don't care, <laughs> and I don't want to get sucked into arguments about stuff, <laughs> so which is why I'd like to clarify these things so that other people who are listening that maybe are in the same frame of mind mm-hmm. or just dumb, um. And when I say dumb, I mean dumb to the goings on of, you know, the intricacies of the intricacies of motorsport. Yeah, they they can get a bit of an understanding as well about what's going on. So, yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Pretty cool to know. Now, you mentioned you went overseas, and we did chalk before you came on, and you know, did the old oh, IT geeks. Yeah, yeah, um, which it was seems weird. To be, seems to be a thing. <laughs> It's like a potato just sitting in the corner. There's a special handshake he doesn't get. Isn't that? Yeah, sorry. It man. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Ducky was on here last week. We yeah. keep all that stuff for Ducky, thanks. <laughs> Which, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you headed off overseas, and I believe that was for an IT job or ICT no, job. No, what? actually, it wasn't. No. It wasn't? No. Okay. Um. <laughs> So I ended up in the Middle East, yeah, and it wasn't actually my destination. 
So what had happened, you know, mining booms, bust and all the rest of it, um, I got made redundant actually from from the role, me and half the team that that I I was leading. Um, And you know what? I'm taking a holiday. So I went off to Japan, did some snowboarding, spent as long as I could there before getting kicked out of the country because your visa is only three months. I left, I didn't get kicked out, I can go back. Um, And then from there, I was actually going to the UK because I thought I'd find an IT job in the UK, British Superbikes, that'd be a great series. There's a lot of racing going on, there's tracks throughout Europe. Let's go across to Europe. So hop on a plane, one of my mates goes, oh, pop by Dubai on your way, you know, it's on, on the way. Call in for a couple of days, we'll have a good time. It's February, weather's nice over there. Um, so I did. Got there, went, oh, this is nice. Super safe, um, great environment, really just good fun, essentially. Weather was nice in February. Don't stay for much longer. Um, <laughs> there's a tip, it gets a bit warm. Um, and then, yeah, just decided this this is quite a nice place. I'll, I'll hang out for a while. Yep. So I was hanging out, just having a good time and seeing the sights and doing all of that and essentially the the motorsport governing body so it's motorsport australia motorcycle australia equivalent for there um had a part-time role pop up and they said we need someone to help do event coordination and whatnot through um, our race season i popped in for an interview with the general manager there ronan really nice guy and he offered me a full-time job on the spot oh well yeah so that's how i kind of leapt into motorsport as a full-time basis um before that it was just fun and games and you know, doing motorsport as a passion, and then it became a reality. Hey, oh, well, you can make a living doing this, and the Middle East exposes you to a lot of really interesting opportunities. So uh, something you know you, you can't say no to, essentially, and that was it. Yeah, we'll talk about Dubai in a minute because you mentioned interesting opportunities, Bangladesh. <laughs> now, um, for some reason, every time I mention a country name and just pause i tend to get a bit of crap from people about this weird giggle that happens between myself and the guest and it's just happened again Uh so i've said bangladesh you've giggled i've giggled telling the story about bangladesh what what did you do in bangladesh um it's i I think the giggle I'll, i'll preface it the giggle is just you know the good memories that you have about somewhere that is different and interesting, and there's so many different countries that you could have that little little giggle over, I guess. Um, so I'm not flirting with all the guests, all right? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just a it's an interesting place. Um, yep. So what I what I was doing is I was consulting for um, the Bangladesh ASN, as they call it, or club, depending which group you're talking about, Motorsport Australia, FIA or FIM. Um, I was consulting for them, and they got some grants from the FIA to run motorsport, which they've never had in the country before. Oh, wow. Nothing's been regulated in the country before. Um, so they said, look, we want to we do something. We've got these go-karts the FIA are going to give us. Let's, let's run some karting. I went, all right, cool. Sounds like a good idea. Um, a lot of challenges because of the way they're importing products in their country. So the go-karts got locked up in their ports with huge amounts of money owing on them to start with so we lost months on that and a bunch of other things plus weather in bangladesh is challenging at the best of times because it is you know tropical subtropical kind of climate as such um yeah so once we did get out of quarantine we did some training with the bangladeshis the bangladeshis actually came across to to dubai i took them through an international rally which was an amazing experience for them because they've never seen international motorsport never yep. never never mind go cutting even on a circuit or anything else so that was a huge experience for them so we did a bunch of training 
got them skilled in the basics of motorsport, uh, motorsport comms, flagging, timekeeping, all the other elements of, of basic club-level motorsport, entry-level motorsport. Took them all back to Bangladesh and implemented their first ever um, karting event. So Bangladesh is a country of really connected people, um, and the people that run the ASN over there are very well connected to, to, to the government. So we essentially had one of the main bridges in the middle of the city shut off by the military. Yep. And that was our karting circuit for the day. Yeah, nice. It was like the night before like, the military came in, boom, here we, here we are, either end, that's your bridge now. So they shut down half a city almost um, to run their first ever karting event on this bridge. All the marshals, officials, and the, the president's advisor was there. Yeah. Um, it was a big, big, yeah, wow. big show for Bangladesh. Um, it went pretty well. It was a good event. The, all the feedback was great. And then from there, they started to develop their own smaller ones. And they're looking to actually build a, a kart circuit, like CIK certified kart circuit now in some yeah, rice cool. paddies. Yeah. It's awesome. Pretty wild. That um, highway, shutting off the highway, just reminds me of the Lithuania. Oh, with Molly. With Molly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For the, uh, for the cannonball one, type. Yeah, 1,000 yeah, with yeah, the yeah. GTs and hay bales yeah. for the circuit layout and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, so back back to Dubai. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that's happened while, you, while you're there. What else, what else have you done? What else did you do in Dubai? Oh, God. Um, lots. Where, where do you want me to start? Um, so, so what track were you working out of? Um, so initially when I was with the, the, the governing body over there, yep. um, as they call it, it was working across both circuits as well as yep. across the desert as well. So it was Dubai Autodrome, um, also Yas Marina, so Formula yep. One circuit. Um, and then all these amazing cross-country off-road desert events, which were different um just a different level of organization and safety and security and all those other things you need to run um that kind of level of motorsport uh then from there once i i moved on from the club itself i did some other consulting work and whatnot and then i worked at yas marina for a while instructing there because i'd actually previously built all their motorcycle programs for them right so how to actually deliver motorsport or i guess track days and whatnot for, for motorcycles, the safety plans, um, all the riders briefings and whatnot. And then I moved into the car element, helping with the car element because yeah. I can still drive okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are we must be a bit of a like holiday for you compared to the the desert racing <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face, can I? <laughs> it's a holiday yeah, it's definitely a holiday compared, yes. Yeah the, the job's fantastic. It's just the <laughs> just the like any job, guess people, guess people make things the guy It was just the, cars the, and a The track shed with Lux yeah. Performance above yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, no, competitors the work. No, no. <laughs> he did send me a nasty email once, actually. Have to be fair, Brent. Yeah, I've seen everyone nasty it? emails. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a holiday. It's, it's, it's a different beast, in a yeah. way. Um, motorsport in Australia really comes from the grassroots level. And everyone's very passionate and they build their own cars and they're really involved at that level from, from the ground up getting through the echelons of motorsport yep. to, to wherever they end up, state level or national or whatnot from there. So you'd um, say that maybe they're a bit more passionate. Definitely more passionate. Yeah. Like the spectator numbers, you know, even our spectator numbers on a work on that and improve yep. that element, um, they're still very passionate spectators and the club level motorsport's really, really good. So there's different challenges to that. Um but from an event delivery perspective on the day, it's easier because there's so many more events here. 
your, your clerks, your stewards, your, your flag marshals, they're just on it. They've got yeah. it, and they're just so good. I can on, a, on event day, I fight small fires that happen and, and solve things, yeah. but otherwise I just let the team run because they're just so good at what they do. The officials and whatnot we have here are just so well-trained, where in other areas you, you don't have the same level of skill on, on the circuits. The off-roads are a different, different beast altogether. Those guys yeah. are highly trained and very skilled, um, but there's a lot less work, I think, in, in the sense of running a day because the teams are so good, yeah. 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 I, I must say I have spotted you from up on the S's with uh, my, my big lens. Oh, that, yes, uh, that incident. In the, in the uh, well, this is a different incident to that okay, one. Not, not, not the full moon incident. No, not the uh, full moon incident. Uh, <laughs> with, your, with your feet up in race control and, you know, look like you had a nice beer in your hand. Oh, it was maybe. martinis, mate. Oh, it was martinis, wasn't it? It was martini hour. Oh, okay. Martini yeah, hour. It's yeah, like that's how we do it. In the afternoon. <laughs> we we cancel the event because we pretend it's the weather um, and then martinis all around normally. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Actually, there was a cheese platter at the last one. That's so pretty much how the supercars guys do it with the wine and that in New Zealand. <laughs> Tim Tams, I've actually heard. Oh. Schenkner's got a big thing for Tim Tams. It explains the that. shape of uh, many of our... Oh, she's just going to shut oh. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's getting oh, the flag. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the first time. <laughs> shape of what? Shape of uh, uh, the cholesterol control. Yeah. 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 So, so. yeah. Fucking potato. It explains some of the calls, mate. I'd say. <laughs> right, yeah. could, could be, could be, could be worse. Could be a bunch of potatoes sitting up there, Brent. Well, chips. There's nothing wrong with hot chips. I can get the CCTV of your uh, the calls they've made against you, if you like, because I'm pretty sure they made the right ones. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> competitors are always wrong. Ask any club. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dubai in the desert, running a, running events. What, what was one of your highlights? Of those events? Oh, too many. Um, highlights. <laughs> Work safe. Um, <laughs> all that of No, 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 no. So, so there's, there was one day and I, I was the secretary for FIM on the event. Um, so that was my gig. And being the FIM secretary is actually pretty cool because there's not much to do till the evening. You have all the minutes ready and you present everything and, and, and whatnot. Um, so I had the kind of day off, essentially. So I had an FJ Cruiser, went out with the sweep team, and the sweep team's job's essentially to head out onto the stages and follow everyone through, pick up, recover, whatever they need to to make sure everyone gets through that stage safely. Um, so we're out. It was like a 50-degree day. It was a hideous, hideous day. There was 10 competitors at least that were fatigued because of dehydration, um, and there was at least four medivacs, at least four medivacs on that day. So we're out the sweep, guys. We're picking up the bikes and whatnot on the back of the, the utes. Um, it's getting pretty late in the day. So we call back to rally control. Look, we've got a full load here. I'd, I'd ride a bike out of the massive bowl. The guy got so dehydrated, he sunk the bike in this bowl. Like, this bowl's four or five stories high. It's just a massive bowl of sand. Um, so ride his bike out, burn my leg seriously on the exhaust, which kind of hurts, still scarred now. Load them all up and whatnot. Um... So we go back to rally control, look, we're full. We've got everything we can recover at the moment. Sun's getting getting down. What do we do? Beeline back. There's a road right near you. Grab that road. It will take you down another gatch track, which is like a unpaved road, essentially, as we call it. Um, and then head out. There's a bit of tarmac down to the end. Little did they know that was a gas refinery managed by the Abu Dhabi government. 
which was then reported to the government as we're driving out of the stage and were then held by military vehicles with turrets on the roof of their FJs <laughs> at gunpoint for a while. Uh, yeah. So they held us all there and said, what are you doing in our refinery, thinking we're spies because you can't take photos, you, you can't, it's a highly secure area. Yeah. Um, so then one of our, our good friends, Streaky, um, he's British but speaks Arabic and he's friends with one of the big sheikhs, so well, uh, well, uh, we'll get this sorted out. Um, I managed to talk our way out of the situation because Streaky essentially said, you cause me problems, I cause you bigger problems. Yep. <laughs> what do you prefer? And the guy's like, just go and don't come back. We, yep. we got to let go after that. But, yeah, rolling in in your cars and there's turrets pointed at you, like these proper machine guns, like, yeah. proper like Middle Eastern machine guns. Um, it was a pretty wild experience. Yeah, yeah. It's probably one of the highlights. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what a day. Definitely what a day. Like the only time I've ever had a machine gun pointed at me was in uh, Singapore um, at the F1 race. From, All right. Actually, no, there was another day out in the bush. But, yeah, the, with motorsport related was at the uh, at the actual race because the fences, mm-hmm. um, now it's hard to tell for people who don't know me that are watching this, but I am a little bit tall. You're fairly tall, yeah. Um, but the fences only came up to me about here. Mm-hmm. So I would stick my camera over the fence and uh-huh. take photos where no one else could because, you know, they're all too short. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, until you got prodded in the ribs with a shotgun. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, sorry, with a machine gun. Oh, the AK, was they yeah, carry around over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And prodded in, prodded in the ribs and um, told to... Move on, because mm. uh, yeah, you're not supposed to stand there and take photos. Apparently, um, <laughs> the blacked out fence wasn't enough warning. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, blacked out fence was there. It was doing its yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. I'll just for can't anyone, see over it. Anyone five <laughs> foot yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every Singaporean photographer. Yeah. Essentially <laughs> what they're trying to target there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, no, I've got a really couple of good, really photos of uh, Bruno Senna and mm. a few other cars coming out of there. So very nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, other than that. Yeah, don't recommend getting automatic weapons points. No, no, no. It's, it's not something I recommend to anyone. Yeah, no. loaded or unloaded, it's no. not. It's it's yeah, it's a pretty daunting experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, track wise, what was your favourite track over there? In that I've ever been In, on, or to to work at? Oh, uh, Yas Marina for sure. Yeah. Yas Marina for sure. Um, you know, Bahrain's got a really nice circuit. Their circuit's pretty cool. But Yas under lights, there's just something mm. something magical. Yep. Just about, like, those, it gets to that sunset point and they turn all these lights on, which cost them hideous amounts of money to run per hour. But once everything's lit up and the hotel, as you go under it, mm. under lights, oh, there's, there's nothing that can explain how awe-inspiring. If you ever get across that way, go well, to a... a COVID- yeah, COVID pending, yep. of course. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, go do an F three thousand. You won't fit an F three thousand. You can't do it. I can't. You get an F three thousand. I can't fit it. Actually, I, I actually looked because um, when I went over to Paris a few years ago, yeah, yeah. I actually was going to do a detour via and go do some track experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had two things going against me. Either I was too fat or I was too tall. All right. To do any of the right experiences oh, out there. Wow. We've, had, we've had some pretty tall people in the could, GT cars and the Astons and whatnot. Yeah, it was too fat for those. All right. Yeah. Oh, so so the, uh, the only option I had was uh, to ride a bicycle around. Right. Which, um... Not quite the same experience? No. 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 I think if I'm going to be, if I'm going to go around those circuits, yeah, it definitely have to be... Yeah, in yeah. a motorised vehicle of yeah. some sort. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... It's, if it, it's just... 
it's a, it's a weird experience, but I, I would never, when I was driving for them, because one of my things I did was drive the F3000s a lot. We take people out for runs around the circuit. And I get to like that sunset time and there's an area down at what we call South Circuit, what they call Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. So at Sunset for Formula One, there's 60 photographers all fighting each other for this prime spot. And as you come out of that kind of left turn and then up towards the hotel, the sun's setting over the top of the um, like the, the grandstands and there's nothing like it. I could, you can never take a smile off my face at that point in the day, no matter how hot, how miserable, whatever the conditions. Yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in a race car. I'm driving. Mm. Well, sorry. It's a reevaluate your life if yeah. you're in a race car. Yeah. Getting paid to do laps. Getting paid and to do laps constantly. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's, it's a more inspiring experience. And then at night time as well, um, on the bikes or even cars at night, it's just you come under the hotel and it's all lit up and all yep. the spectators are watching. So you accidentally pop a wheelie and wave to them as yep. you're going by and <laughs> stuff like that. God, it's I just, must hate when that happens. It's, yeah, yeah. That was clutch was slipping or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 So okay. I just play with it a bit yep. every lap. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, it would have to be one of those circuits we need to put on the overrated, underrated. I reckon it's an underrated mm. track. Um, yeah, everyone gonna... knows I'm a big fan of real tracks versus road circuits, but yeah. um, the passing opportunities there probably far better than on the older FIA tracks. Yeah, and like I said, that bit through the hotel is just now, and they don't show enough of it. Yeah, because yeah. it's like one of the cooler parts. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like an F1 weekend, it's pumping down there. That's the 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 bay area is yeah, all the yacht, big mega yachts with waterfalls on the yachts and whatnot. Yeah. So there's a massive vibe going on. It's a pretty, pretty amazing experience, yeah. Mm. But from a circuit driving perspective as well, it's it's technical because it's not, it's all off camber. A lot of it's off camber. There's no on camber really pulling massive Gs into the floor pan. It's off camber. So it's technical, but there's still loads of grip. So you can actually find a lot of pace, even though you feel like the car is starting to go away from you. So it's, it's yeah, a really interesting drive, yeah. How many AF1 weekends did you get the pleasure of doing? Five? Five, I think. Five or six. Yeah. I don't I don't know. You know? I lost track. <laughs> That's, it's weird to say that, you know? Like, um, five or six, I think. I've got to, like, I keep my lanyards yeah. in my office behind my desk. So I just, yeah, I've seen your lanyard collection. I had to cover a hole. There's a hole the wall. Not a hole, <laughs> but, like, it was patched up, so I put it on there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, five or six. was that from the previous events manager punching the... I don't know. Well, maybe a head butter. Uh, probably probably head butter. Yeah, it was probably <laughs> throwing something at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just unreal. Like, all the circuits there, they're all FIA grade one yeah. or two, so they're all pretty pretty elite level. Um, but, yeah, just something about that place is awesome. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, Brent. Yeah. It's that time. It's that time, time. Um, that I that I mm. that I apologise profusely to our guest for what's potentially going to happen. Okay. Sometimes it works out really well, and um, oh, he's, he's limbering up. This is what yeah. he's worried. Yeah. Oh, you think we're and uh, and uh, <laughs> other times, um, you know, like he, if you've ever seen, you know, like the waffle potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that's what he turns into. He's a waffle potato. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Oh, I just get I just get pretty passionate. Motorsport is something I've it turns, turns me on. on. Yeah, it turns him on. Yeah, yeah. No, I really do like it, and it was really cool to um, hear you talk about uh, Kevin before. That's that's a, that's a blast from the past. He's still floating around. He's still got his rad eighty sixes. Um, when I first moved to WA from D Town, it's seven years ago now, man. It feels like a couple of years ago, but seven years ago. Um, I'd been to 
Perth a couple of times for for work and and um, you know oil and gas conference and stuff like that. And um, went to a couple of ADGP rounds when I was in that circle. And then um, here came here and had to do the old school circuit up on the hill. And yeah, it's kind of cool. It used to be kind of. I still think it was a good way to do it to grade drivers before you go full YOLO and spend the whole night in cat corner stuck there waiting. We always talk about the good old days of uh, having to hand sweep the track at the end of drift practice and mm-hmm. and then we went to just paying 20 bucks and they dragged the grader around. <laughs> um, so it's kind of cool. Um, do you keep in touch with any of those those dudes from back then? Like I said, Cal- uh, Calvin, Kevin's still um, doing bits and pieces. You still see him at events and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I- Probably not as much as I'd like to because I've come back and I've got a wife and kids and a lot less time now. Um, but actually, I was in Canada two years ago, I think it was, before COVID, three, maybe three years ago. And I was actually in Vancouver and caught up with Keegan Lloyd. Don't know if you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was quite funny because I was in his car in the 86 when it rolled. I was yeah. in the passenger seat and we're doing some coaching and whatnot. It's my fault. Um, I told him to go deeper into turn one because his apex was a bit early and he went deeper and rolled it. Um, so caught up with him over there. And since being back, um, Kev, I've seen a bit and we've talked about drifting. Drift, he actually did some drift training and stuff um, with me at one stage. But none of the other guys I've really yeah. caught up with. Just more of a time factor than anything else, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so that is, uh, that is really, really cool. Hover, hover fun. Yeah. Um, so Excuse with the... Way. <laughs> with the um, with the bus stop we talked we touched on earlier, um, kind of cool addition to the track. Uh, not long after it was done, we did some work with what's now with Cam's now Motorsport Australia about trying to get it gazetted for uh, racing use. Is that still a thing? Is it still going to happen? Do you think we could use it as line? It's quite hard to get a car in there at pace. Like you'd have to do something pretty wild to stop people not taking the Launch line. Over. Yeah. Mm. I wasn't aware of that, to be honest. I didn't know cars wanted to even look at running that as an option, to be to, to be brutally honest with you. Um, nothing's impossible. Uh, has it been pushed for? I don't know. I'd have to have a chat with the, the track inspector himself, um, Mike, and just see. He was actually with us last week doing some bits yeah. and pieces for me. But, yeah, I, we could look into it for sure. Um, it would be cool, yeah. Yeah, but, just something, something different because the um, – uh, <laughs> just ignore me. I think just you're getting down to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just ignore. Uh, now, when we when we did the um, we did some videos, we ran out of time. and got a bit dark, but it's just something different, you know, because we lost the ability to do short circuit. Short, yeah, yeah. After we put the uh, wall in for the taxis, mm. uh, short circuit was always a uh, pretty cool, a bit of a favorite. It's still a favorite for drifting because it doesn't affect them. Yeah, mostly. yeah. Um, but just something different, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that'd be cool, and if it's a way we can bring it back, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really, really hard. Well, you just had to change your mindset to mm. want to get it in there. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, and I love the bus. But I think it's made it, uh, I mean, I probably won't give it away because we get penalised next time, but I bang the crap out of that ripple strip there. Yeah, yeah. Because you can <laughs> you can launch into turn four so much harder off it. Yeah. If you hook the two wheels over the inside, just, it pulls you around and gets a bit more yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah, it can yeah. really stuff you up if you don't. Like, yeah. I've, I've got some in-car where it nearly turned me around. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it is no, that's cool, and it would just be yeah. cool to see it used because yeah. it's um, you know it's obviously Wask is changing things up. They got the point to point now. We're getting to see the return of the downhill runner game, which hasn't been done for forever, yeah, forever, yeah. Mm. Uh, which is really really cool. Um, so that kind of leads me to the next question. So Wask, um, 
your job as WASC, what is it, competition manager? Event, event, event yes, manager? Essentially, yeah, motorsport events manager. So yeah. everything motorsport competition related. So all the private yeah. hire and corporate events, that's, that's different to what I do. But I'm there purely to deliver and, and try and improve the motorsport element of what we do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. And so that was going to touch on because we, we had this conversation a couple of weeks back because I wasn't, and, and most people won't be 100% aware, even members of how that club works. It's obviously a big organisation. It's a big facility to look after and there's a lot of events and people that turn up and come and go like any big club, like yeah. running a stadium, for instance. Um, so your gig is club-related competition events. That's your bag, right? Correct, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I, I was brought in. Obviously, the, the other competitions manager left and... Um, I was brought in to sort of fill that role and essentially it's just delivering anything motorsport related. So the point-to-point, Tumac Sports, Hill Climb, um, uh, Sprints, Time Challenge, which is regularity as, as we call it, um, all those events just fall under my proviso. So everything from regulations, um, the officials are organised by by Lauren, who's a superstar in the officials um, domain, um, but yeah, regulations and making sure the event is promoted, supported and delivered as a whole, falls to, to me. So when events get cancelled, um, I get chewed out for it. But at the same time, I'm also very disappointed that these kind of weather events happen and it's just freak, freakish at times, I guess. But I just want to deliver awesome motorsport and have as many competitors out there having a good time. So um, as you said, with Short Circuit, actually, I'm sorry to lead, to lead in or off that as such. But with the September event, we're doing the, the Club Fun Day. And there was two categories that actually came to me and said, can we run short circuit? And I went, can we actually? Um, I didn't know the backstory of it, so I did all my calling around. I called all the, the members, you know, John Herney, who's just mm. uh, been around the circuit forever and has all the history. And unfortunately, we can't because of, as you mm. said, the wall. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, as a drifter, I've always run short circuit. And I think it's great because it makes for really challenging, as you head towards the hairpin sharp right, it's, it'd be hard to get two cars through there, especially like HQs or big cars oh, it's together. Cool. It'd be mega fun to watch, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's wicked technical. And, and um, a lot of the, the pro drivers we've had on the, had on the show, we've always asked them their thoughts on barbs, and they all love it because it's a, such a... Sh- it's Water a difficult... Room. Hey, you'd want to... It's a difficult <laughs> circuit because it's a short circuit, so you can lose two tenths on one corner and throw a whole lap away. You can't make it up. Hmm. You make that into the short circuit, you add three more corners into it, it... It tightens it right up, and then it takes all the horsepower out of it because you've got no big run over the hill. 100%. Um, yeah. So it makes it more technical. Short lap, sure, but um, it just takes all that advantage away, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, we had to – the super taxis, they have their um, requirements. They bring a lot to sport. Love them or hate them, you know, like I love them. We've got to have a premier level event. 100%. Yeah. Um, brings all the general Joe punters in, so – uh, it's, it's a shame we've lost it two years running with this whole COVID BS, but um, yeah, that, that that's it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to see it used for the tarmac sports. Drifting still uses it. Wicked for that. Um, and then leading on to what you're saying, the hill climb. Like we're kind of lucky. I don't think many people know uh, Jack's Hill. It's one of the only. There's only a handful of permanent hill climb facilities in in the country. Mm. We're lucky to have one right on our doorstep. That is actually pretty rad. Like Ken Long and and the Driscoll guys were pumping it on the weekend with drifting. Is there any um, – and I see the, the off-road rush guys are using that. The you know, sun, can, yeah, yeah. There's more stuff getting laid out and sort of pseudo-built up there. Do you think there's going to be any more capital works done around Jack's Hill, widen it a little bit, make it a bit more multi-use? Not at this stage. So within the club there's multiple committees. One of those is a capital works committee actually. Um, 
and their primary role is to actually help try and develop um, the circuit and different elements, you know, the on-track element, the off-track. So they're looking at things at the moment, like some lighting upgrades. They're looking at um, a new bar, hospitality area, moving um, scrutineering shed around and all of that element. But there's nothing, from, from what I've seen so far, there's nothing that works for jacks to be um, updated. It does get its maintenance and they have put the extra hard pack on the outside, the mm. limestone and whatnot. Um, but I haven't seen any plans for updating that part of it for Soapbox or for other events over there. Yeah, Would it be cool? Yeah, because it's yeah. another thing off the side. You know, we've got essentially two configurations that we can run on the main circuit plus an infield. So it gives you two potential events to, or potentially three events to run it at one time. Um, if Jacks had more options and things like that, that would just allow more competitors or more people to be interested in using it. Because right now, drifting and using it a fair bit, the WRX club do some stuff there, but it's probably the most underused part of what we have at the circuit. So from a private hire perspective and from a motorsport perspective, the hill climb is probably the least amount of use. If you want to hire something, you can pretty much get Jacks Hill mm. most weekdays. Yeah. Yeah, I've done heaps of drift practice on it because it's just rock up, yeah. go loose, you know, it's, and it's cool. It's cool. Like I said, if it's a little bit more up there, mm. I'll use my ball. And that leads me to the next thing. I've, a while ago, there was a bit of a rumour that would potentially be uh, – I'm asking all these questions you probably don't know the answer to in your particular role. <laughs> it's still pretty new, mate. Come on. But, um, <laughs> you know, you might have some of the gossip for us, and we're, we're into gossip. We love that. Um, but uh, Hey, I advertise this podcast as a gossip-free <laughs> Oh, yeah, but you we're, know, talking, we're, we're talking about something that turns me on here. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing I say I can be held liable to. Is there a like, disclaimer <laughs> on this tonight? Before I, before yeah, I it's say on the anything. back side of the, <laughs> the thing. Oh, okay. It's on the blank check. Yeah, oh, yeah, actually, have you not yeah. read the subregs? <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone read the subregs? <laughs> I know they don't. Um, no, there's, there's a rumour for a while that the um, what is the vendor area for the V8s, which is crush at us at the moment, mm -hmm. of that getting tarmacked to try and get some of the drifting um, and, what do you call it, Gymkhana, Motokhana stuff out of the infield. To a separate area. To yeah. a separate area. So if you've got the motorbikes on and you've got a corporate hire on the infield or whatever, the off-road rush guys want to put the cars in the sheds or, you know, all that sort of stuff, it's hard when you've got main track going on because you can't be crossing the main track back and forth. It's correct, yeah. Take it over there, separate entry. Is that still a thing? No comment. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Uh, Big a second there. No, no. So there were... There she was... just asked him for more details. and <laughs> yeah. so, He knows more than so, I do. She was just strung him along for a little bit, you <laughs> yeah. know, like just, you know, mm. oh, what's it? No, tell me a bit more about this, you know, and then just go on, yeah, no comment. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I wouldn't be mean to him like that. Um, no, there, there was a tunnel option being looked at. Um a while ago to essentially replace the bridge. The bridge is getting some capital works put into it, hopefully this summer, over January, um, just to update it, refresh it, repaint it, and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, they did look at a tunnel option, um, but it's been sidelined for now because of the expense to implement oh, and then also maintain. Yeah. Did you know there used to be a tunnel at Wanneroo Raceway? Yes. There we are. Yeah, I no. did know this. Boom, history for you. Up the top? Yeah, up the top. Yeah. So Jack's Hill, near Jack's Hill, the top yeah. over there, it used to lead where under to where the old V8 pits were, which is where you learnt to drift or had to yeah. go for your and drift where the old, There's still a bunch of containers in the infield there. Correct. The comms tower. Yeah. And, oh. it's, it's now filled with tyres and it's been closed off, obviously. Um, but that was the original tunnel many, many moons ago. Um, the groundwater's a problem because it's 
pretty yeah, close lower dumb, down and yeah dumb ground up there yeah yeah so there used to be one um they were looking at putting one in but at this stage it will be a refresh of bridge to get it to last another lifetime yeah cool yeah um so they're still on the radar maybe for tarmacking the <laughs> the area for the you know that that over the back side of the the exit of turn one i suppose for most people but Know the bit I'm talking about? I know the bit you're talking about, yeah. Um, I, again, I'm not aware of it, and I've not seen it in the Capital Works plans. There are things planned for this summer coming yeah. um, related to on-track changes. Yeah, yeah I'm going to allude to that and not go any further. Another yeah. two Ks of circuit? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're gonna there's this great layout we've been working on for like the last 15 years. Um, yeah, straight across the road. Straight across the road. No, yeah. no, no. Is, no, that, no. is that where the, the $6 million that's supposedly sitting somewhere? Well, I... I don't know how much money oh. there is, but <laughs> I, I remember... Oh, this, uh, is this is going to bring back all that stuff from before I even moved to WA. Um, no, no, when I was... Right now. <laughs> <laughs> is it election time already? Yeah. Oh, wow, there we are. Gosh. Gee, that didn't take long. Um, don't hang me for this one, please. Yeah. No, that, that was something... The, the circuit extensions are something I was looking at when I was still living here, you know, many, many years ago, because yeah. I was kind of... I was on the WA Drift Committee helping to... To develop drift as, as you do in that community, that's what we're there for. Um, and the circuit designer at the time came to me and said, How can we implement drifting? I gave him some options to give different configurations and simple hard changes. As you say, simple and a hard change, it's, you know, it's another million dollars um, to do all that. And unfortunately, it hasn't come to fruition. Would, would we all like it to? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, as for the area you're talking about for tarmac, it's not in the capital works plans as far as I'm aware at this stage. Mm. That's the, the party line off the toe because I actually I don't actually know to be honest. Yeah, with no. you. yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Just yeah, because yeah. they're all you know rumors that have been out there, and it's like oh, I'm going to ask the question, see if there's any more substance to it, and yeah. and uh, yeah. figure it out because it's at the end of the day, it's all upgrades to a facility that we all love and, and want to use as much as we can and get a lot of mate. use out of. So it's yeah, it's cool. If you know someone's got a time hacking business and wants to lay some for us, I can find some space. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did you read the? Um I can't remember if it was July or August committee email. Mm, that's where I got the buzzword about uh, Capital Works from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there was an update in the latest one. So, mm. yeah, it's got got sort of what they're looking at. Yeah, so that's what it's wanna, my wanna, He didn't read it, up regs. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, no, no, that's one of these, no. and that's sort of what's <laughs> the basis for these questions because these are all to uh, widening Jacks Hill, mm. making a runoff to make a different. Uh, there's the idea of putting the other butterfly wing on Jacks Hill, mm-hmm. um, tarmacking that bit down and stuff. They're all things that people said, oh, why weren't they included? So I'm like, hey, I must well ask the question in case someone knows, you know, because I've always been, hey, that's a good idea. We could put, you know. Better area for traders when the when the um, supercar circus comes to town. Mm-hmm. Be, uh, multi-use stops wrecking the infield. You know, there's, there's concerns about that. Obviously, yeah, that yeah. comes up in committee meetings. One hundred percent. Yeah. Originally, back in the day, when they first laid that infield area, oh, I was looking at it going drifting. Yeah, we're on. Yeah, we were never allowed and, to touch it. Initially. And I, I talked to the drift committee, and you know, they went, "Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea." So it went from us up to to, to the main, and they went, "No, you can't drift on there." It wasn't until after I actually left the country they had allowed drifting. Like, oh, finally, because it's the perfect area to learn on. It was nothing personal. No, probably probably was. <laughs> yeah. No, and Jack's Hill the same. Like Jack's yeah. Hill's only been in the last, I don't know, four or five years maybe we were allowed to drift on it. Before that it was... Whoa. wasn't allowed, yeah, because it was yeah. purely a hill climb circuit yeah. for the purists and that. And, and, that and I get it because it does... You, it is hard because you do fall off the track drifting, right? You do yeah. dig up the edge, you do drop a wheel, whatever. 
Um, but it's it's a really cool facility to do on. It's, it's challenging, technical. Um, it's lovely. Yeah, perfect. So, for a low-speed car, like uh, Jack's Hill, like second gear and anything that's got 150, 200 horsepower, let's say, you can have some good fun. It's a small, short togue, to yeah. call it, pronounce it how you like, um, yeah. kind of circuit. So, yeah. Oh, it's even, totally even like, it's, um, you can swing a Commodore around Jack's Hill. Yeah. No drama at all. Like, so that's, that's the size you've got, but a little bit more, make it more user-friendly. But anyway, that's that's cool. Um, so that sort of leads me to the other question I was going to ask, um, which probably sort of from your position probably can't be too much of it, but um, I believe the remit of the, the committee is they're going to get, come up with the, the new five-year plan, basically, or the, the plan to get us through to the next end-of-lease type thing. So we're all kind of gagging to see what comes out of that. and mm. Yeah, um, so that's pretty sweet. Um, gear change again. Go for it. Uh, in third or fourth? Yeah, well, I mean, we've probably acted third. Fast and the Furious 9, it's like 60 changes and we're yeah. still doing 60k an hour. Yeah. Um, so the, the Go Moto <laughs> team stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the go there? How does that all work? Um, you want the backstory or just like the basics of what we're doing now? Yeah. Well, the, how, long got, yeah. how long you got? No, um, how long you got? The question is how long you've got. Well, yeah. Yeah, and how long, how long, how long is the attention yeah. span? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was about three minutes in, and I think we lost some. How many adverts do we insert in between that to monetize this? Uh, um, Just got to get to eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we're well past that. Okay, we're well past eight minutes, yeah. Depends how we edit it down. In posts, anything's possible. I really don't edit the episodes too much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty much what what gets recorded gets recorded. It's usually the intros that I cut down a bit. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, we... Uh, definitely stop that. We're not definitely. We had to cut down Ducky's uh, Jeff Duckworth's intro. Right, yeah, um, but we left something in there for everyone just to get a little bit of a glimpse of what was going on before that started. Quack so, quack. Well, I pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Attack, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he always fell off his chair. But yeah, you know, you have to watch uh, the last episode to uh, see what happened. Uh-huh. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Go Moto. So Go Moto. So, funny story. Backstory quickly. Go Moto started up as Ram Motorsport which was Raj, Andrew, and Mark. Guess which one I was? Raj? Um, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Raj is a very good friend. Oh, you were a big yeah, 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 yeah. Raj is actually a Kiwi as well. Really nice. Yeah. yeah. He, Fijian Indian Kiwi? No, oh, yeah, in, Indian. I, I don't actually know yeah. what his full descent is, but, yeah, from, from India yeah. of some sort, yeah. Um, so he was into racing in, in NZ, came across here. We did some road rides, and I got into racing because of him. He's like, go road racing, it's great fun. And we did. So we started up this little race team. We had a good season, um, made some, had some really good results in it. Um, and then again, I left the country. So fast forward eight, whatever, plus years, I come back, Go Moto Stores running, which is my sister and her husband's business, uh, both drifters originally, as I said. Um, and they're running this Go Moto Store thing. So I've kind of come back and went, oh, cool. Come to a race meet. There's three people in the team at the time. Um, involved in the racing, and I was just there coaching, helping set up bikes and, and do do whatnot just to get these guys through and help prep them up and get make, make them better races, however I can do it, off the bike as such. So, um, so the season ended, which was last year. Most events got rained out, much like this year on the cars. Awkward pause. <laughs> um, so it rained. Yeah, it ra- <laughs> I flooded Collie. God, I wish I knew. Oh, man. Collie, man. Wish I knew but- which button was the crickets on this thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Is it just because we're talking about bikes? Yeah, probably. He's on and out. He said this is for all, you know, this is all motorsport. It is all motorsport, yeah. Yeah, if it's got four wheels. No, it's for, for anything that's got a motor and is a sport. Okay, yeah. Which could lead it. 
wide open. Excellent. So the next guest going to be like on the um, lawnmower racing or something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we had yeah, a question about the lawnmower racing on the on the post from the yeah, we did actually. Yeah. One, yeah. yeah. One of our friends built one of those, a six hundred cc CBR engine. Oh, well, that's weapon. actually that's weapon. that's an idea for our Jacks Hill area. Yeah, you got the well, you got the track there. Yeah, Pretty much the, the limestone he built out one for the off road rush yeah. guys with the tabletop. Who's going to who's lawnmower sure racing? That? Oh yeah, yeah I know. MSA Jim's Jim's mowing. Jim's mowing, yeah. <laughs> Jim's Public mowing. liability of Jim's mowing. <laughs> yeah, they'd be into it. Anyway, you were great. We, 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 awesome. we digress yeah. pretty quickly there. Um, so yeah, so after after the first season of them um, coming back, I kind of said to my, my brother and my brother in law, my sister, look, we can do this better. We can do this bigger. We can we can make something really out of this. And I want to do a lot more with the juniors and the prod production writers or the young kids. Um, mm-hmm. And develop them into the next level. So we went out to the current rider base and said, "Do you want to come back? Do you want to do you want, do you want to join us?" Um, and then we went off and recruited people that we're not looking for A grade, top level superbike riders. That's those guys really know what they're doing. They've been doing it for twenty plus years. Um, we're looking for guys at club men level, C grade level, and want to build their skill set up. So we went out and we kind of spoke to a couple of people and said, "We want to put an offering together. Um, do you want to join us? Do you want to come part of the team?" So we ended up with 12 riders originally. We're down to 11 because um, one's not racing the rest of this season, which is unfortunate. Um, and from there, started the coaching program up with them, bikes set up. We've had you know big team meetings. Essentially, we just go to my brother's house and with a lot of beers and a barbecue, which is what you need to have when you've got a, a race team. I think, I, to I think I want to join their race team. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a bike, come on, come oh, to the dark no, side. Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of bikes, but I'm not a... Um, long story short, so my, my father, I, I love him pieces, he's an amazing dude. Uh, granddad was a solo rider. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, long story short, some of Dad's brothers are fantastic uh, mechanics and riders still. Um, you know, this is back in the day of uh, Rudgers and that sort of stuff, so quite quite old school, right? So also story goes, when Dad was... Getting taught how to ride a bike, he rode one off, wrote one of the bikes off into a chicken coop, wrote one off into a shed at the farm. That I just didn't have the knack for bikes, whereas his twin brother did. I'm the same. I've always I've had bikes. I like riding bikes, just not a natural talent on one. Right. Okay. So, but I do love them. Like I've taken the kids up and watched the motorbikes a lot. The, yeah. Matt likes the the. You know, they look like they're about 14 years old, 15 years old. Yeah, the production yeah. kids, all yeah, the juniors yeah. as we call them, juniors, on the 150s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're pretty cool. Matt loves watching them. Oh, I just love watching the big bangers because they're so fast. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so do have an infinity there and I think it's um it's kind of a cool sport. Yeah. I'd love I'd love to have a beautiful big foyer and a you know, an old restored rudge or, or something of that cool era where you can really see everything going on or, or even a modern solo, they're just cool. Yeah. So I do like the dirt bike side of it. Yeah, it's really cool bikes out there, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And one day Brent will let you finish your story. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're here to take many stories. It's it's, it's an open platform, isn't it? When's the poetry hour? Start. No, um, I'm kidding. Swim, apparently. No, it's, yeah. it's about half an hour after, <laughs> after happy hour finishes, we get poetic. All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, where was I? So, Go Moto. Um, yeah, so we got these riders on board. This season, we built the team up and had everything going. We got some nice banners, full tool assortment, mm. um, pit crew for each of the riders. So, we go through, check all the bikes over and whatnot. Um, and we've got our two two juniors who are actually they're production riders. They started off on 150s. They're now on 300, 400 size machines. Um, and we're really trying to develop their skill set. So we've got um, Jaden Martin and Jordan White um, in our team. We're actually quite lucky because Asia Talent Cup selection is a big thing. So mm-hmm. 
if if you know anything about motorcycles, there's like the the path for people that don't know about motorcycles. Um, the pathway to MotoGP is through one of the Talent Cup programs or huge budgets if your dad's got it and can send you to CEV in um, Spain. But Asia Talent Cups essentially, if you qualify for it, and all expenses paid trip around the Asia region, including Bahrain and Qatar circuits, to compete against other people from your region to then potentially go to a seat in Moto3 or Moto2 or an, another, another class of that sort. Um, and it's it's huge opportunity. So this year, um, our two riders applied and they both got selected to go to the program in Malaysia, um, which is taking place in November this year. Fantastic. So two for two. Pretty happy with that. That's um, unreal. So that now it's it, it proper cool. It's well, obviously it's some hang as well. Yep, it's yeah, a Sepang. beautiful oh, circuit. Fantastic track going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's huge circuit. Lots of interesting turns up the hill, down the hill, the hairpins, and yeah, yeah. it's pretty mega. So if all goes well, touch wood, COVID and everything else pending, we'll get them across there, and that will be their first step towards that pathway. So right now we're going through rider training, fitness training, skills training, like everything that we can to prepare these kids to get them to the best level that we can to send them off there and have a time of it essentially and try and compete at that international level. So, yeah. yeah. That is that is proper cool. And that's something we should cover more because it's like if the kids aren't getting into it and their mates aren't getting into it, uh, it's just not going to be too much left, you know. Like, um, But, that's yeah, to get, them, to get them over there is probably cool. And then what I like and sort of what I – like even probably more, but you said you've built this team and you're setting them up to do it properly with with crew and because um, what what I, I try to tell anyone that starts out, we've got a lot of new drivers coming through in saloons and excels and saying you can't do it by yourself. Mm. I mean you can, there's plenty of people do, but it's so much easier with a pit crew and far safer because you don't have to rely on getting your belts on by yourself with a car. Oh, beginning to check fuel, tire pressures, fuel caps, bonnet lit closes. You name it, all those dumb little things when you're in a little bit of a rush. Yeah, yeah. Throw a whole event out a window. Mm-hmm. Bikes can be catastrophic. So 100%. it's a really it's, cool thing. Yeah. Stop relying on dad. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That, like, absolutely, I love father-son teams and all that. Mm. But stop relying on dad. Yeah, yeah. Cameron Atkins. <laughs> oh, um, oh. The name drop. There it is. <laughs> oh, Cameron's yeah. dad is an absolute champ. Yes. And I believe yeah. Cameron's learning how to cook. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. so let's look out, ladies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's already got a girlfriend. Yeah, well, she's looking out. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, actually embarrassed the hell out of him in Collie, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cam's, Cam's, Cam's a stunning, uh, stealing young man. He's really good. Yeah, and Craig, Craig's, yeah. Craig's just a rad dude. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, he, but he does want a weekend off. He wants a race made off. Yeah. yeah. He wants to be able to enjoy a beer. Mm-hmm. And watch some racing. So, so sit at McCracken and just go, yeah. he's doing so, well out there. Yeah. Oh, so, so Cam, mm. I know you listen. Get a pit crew of your mates. Come out, I know you work at Komatsu, so there you go. Hey, there's a sponsorship plug for you. <laughs> Komatsu, where you work that sponsors your car, you've got plenty of apprentice mechanics there. Get them to come and help you. Well, he is the mm-hmm. apprentice mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's more than one, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah. that's, that's yeah. the thing. You, you need... Get more involved. It needs to be like... It's a real eye-opener because I do a lot more with Speedway stuff now since I got, you know, decided to pull the trigger and buy a car. Mm. Um, it is more of a team sport in Speedway. You know, everything from the juniors and street stocks all the way up to the, you know, the, the big sprinter and late model teams. Yeah. They, they are more focused on you You can't do it by yourself. You know, there are plenty of guys that, that do, um, but you, you watch how anyone that's successful, that, that surrounds themselves with a team, 
at work as a team. Um, yeah, it's, it's the way to do it. No, teamwork makes the dream work. I know it's I know it's a corny saying, but it makes so much sense. And like, it's a hard slog. You know, with one one race meeting this season. No, last season it was. There was um, five tire changes on one bike in the one day. Yeah. Wets to dries, wets to dries, wets to dries, because the rain was on and off. Yeah. As a rider by yourself, that's two tires. It, let's say each tire takes you three or four yeah. minutes. You're just running out of time. Where there's two people, boom, boom, boom. boom. Yep. Yeah, it just it makes yeah, life easier. And even for you know for our kids, their parents are there. Their parents have been their team up to that point. And um, Grant, he's Aussie Moto Engineering, is one of our one of our team. He's Jaden's dad. He's in, heavily involved he does all the mx stuff and whatnot um but at the same time like he said i don't need it i don't really need the team in the sense of mechanics and whatnot because i can swing the spanners but he needs to be involved in a team to understand the dynamics of a team mm. and it helps him present better as a writer because it's not just dad telling what to do there's other people yeah, helping take him. some of that that father-son emotion out of it as mm. well. exactly yeah yeah you know, so. like because i think we've talked about it a couple of times on shows that that emotive side of motorsport we don't cover enough because it is hard <laughs> oh incredibly yeah yeah um cool i've probably chewed up enough there anyway but uh one last thing and you could probably drop some some bonds on your on your teammates rather than you i normally ask what is a weird superstition you have before you drive or race or whatever everyone's got something a little bit funny but uh tell us of, of, of your team have they got any weird superstitions we've heard a couple of uh Similarities, or we'll probably start polling them all up and run a graph of where we're at. There's a couple of toilet blockets, blocks at Wanneroo that maybe need a bit more attention because the drivers mm-hmm. use them a lot oh, more than others. The PRP, that's, so. that's the classic. Everyone knows PRP, mate. The pre-race poos, that's like, that's, yeah. that's always. But it's a specific block they seem to all use. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter stall. where they are, and it's the same yeah. stall. And yeah. Yeah, not at the same time. I hope it's not some weird. Well, we, didn't, we didn't ask that. You guys question, in but we'd say saloon no. cars or whatever you guys are driving at the tin tops, mate. It sounds a bit sounds a bit suspect if you no, ask me. You know, we all voted <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, what, you know something I actually found quite funny is not it's not related to the team, but like every other circuit I've been to don't have a garage thirteen. At 12 and 12A. Ah, that's a Euro thing. Yeah. And I came here and I'm like, oh, there's a Garage 13 on the infield. That's, and I was kind of put off by it in a way. Yeah. You know, it's, just, it's really unusual that 13 as a garage number was weird to me, but it was because it's always 12A. You never go yeah. to Garage 13. That's just a motorsport thing in, in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this, that. So that was kind of odd. Um, from a superstitions perspective for my guys, nothing... Nothing out of nothing crazy, no. Yeah. no, no. Um, they're all they're all pretty straight lads. They're all just get on with it, pretty much. Um, well, that's, that's your that's your homework. You have to go like, and find out if that, they've got, yeah, they, they, they got a weird sock, or I'm going to wear the or, same undies, or they're going to get on the bike. They've got all those side. things. That's like that's the norm in any yeah. sport, you know. <laughs> but like you know, everyone has their own individual warm up routine. No matter what your sport is, you have your way of zoning in. For me, it was sunglasses on, headphones in, and I'd just zone out. I had my team. Luckily, when I was there with Ram, helping me out, so I had that opportunity. But for some riders, it's helping other people or doing this and being involved to take their mind away from from what they have to do in a minute. And for others, they're completely focused. They're sitting there, eyes closed, clenched up, and it's just different people react in different ways. But, yeah, I'm going to go find out what the superstitions are and I'll yeah. walk back. Yeah. We'll yeah, do a yeah, follow-up episode <laughs> coming. <laughs> Boys, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. You're, yeah, you're done? Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, potato, are we? Yeah, officially? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, out of the potato zone, <laughs> we hope. Um, now, I'll ask this question for you, for, to you from a uh, you know, running circuits point of view. Uh, if you could have a driver from any era, alive or not alive, or pretend alive, like say some of the no, I better not go there about Formula something or others. Um, if you could have any driver from any era, whatever race doesn't matter what they raced, to come race on one of the circuits that you have managed mm-hmm. or beat, yeah, been involved with, yeah. yep. Uh, who would it be? What car would you want them to go around the track in, and which track would it be? Oh God! Now that's the a... ultimate, ultimate. Now, sorry, I say oh, car, you could but I one. mean bike or lawnmower or bicycle or FJ Cruiser head stuck FJ up Cruiser. Lewis Hamilton's butt. Um, hey, to be fair, he's actually not a bad guy. The media does portray him a bit funny, and his clothing style is. It's, it's, we did have this conversation before. It's different, he's, sorry. But he's, right. he's portrayed as a per yeah, no, he's portrayed but as a person, he's actually quite a nice guy. Yeah, okay. He was the first fact for you yep. here, here's, here's a little yep. bit of trivia. He was the first person in a Formula One paddock to bring in a female physiotherapist dash team person manager. And when he did, everyone thought he was taking the piss. But he still seems to be taking the piss because well, she's, she's, she's carrying a Kiwi, so she's just playing no, good. No, no, she's no, she's she's yeah. solid, bloody solid. That woman, she's switched on. She does everything like his meal plans. But he brought her in, and everyone's like, oh, he's taking the piss. Now go go look at all oh, their yeah, personal yeah. managers. Most of them are moving in that direction. So he actually started this, this trend, I guess you could say, in a way, by bringing something different to the paddock which is good for the paddock as well because mm. diversity, women in motorsport, all of those nice things that you need to have. He started that in one er- one area of what is a very – the circus, which is Formula One, yeah. is very, very clicky and everyone's knows everyone what's going on and all of this. Um, he did this, made this change. So okay. he's, he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. No, he, I still he, don't like him. He's not. He's, he's no Danny Rick. Danny Rick's – he's a superstar, but. He's Danny, Danny Rick, smile in the world. Yeah, yes. Danny Rick needs a new PR team though. He's just, he's just a nice guy, and he walks really fast. Yeah, actually, all Formula One drivers walk really fast. Oh, that's a funny thing. <laughs> <just, laughs> they're ultra, <laughs> ultra fit. Yeah, like, they are beyond I've, fit. I've done like, stuff with them, and like, you, like, you come over here, we're gonna do this, and they're, they're they're marching, mate. They're walking. They look pretty casual, but they're they're on it. They're on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm half paced on it. Ooh. Keep up with these boys, so yeah. Um, now back to your question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez, yes, went down another little Hamilton pass. Jeez, um, he's a new Rocky for you, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. There's too many people. There's too many amazing drivers. It's got to um, be. It'll be uh, me. I know. Uh, it's who who be stands one. out? Who stands out? Jonesy, Alan Jones, yeah, oh, he's up yeah. there. He's up there. Yeah. Personality. Um, he's a nose picker. But probably yeah. James Hunt though, because he. Yep. It's not the driving; it's the after driving of the party. Because <laughs> that man, he yeah. would have been a laugh. Like you know what he was like in the car yeah. and outside the car. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just as a cool. personality, just to hang out with the guy prior to his skill as a driver. Prob- probably, probably Hunt. Probably okay. Hunt. Driving um, what? Or, or anything, anything that revs a million RPM and. Had cylinders and no turbos because yeah. I have to say the turbo era. Yeah, not a fan. Um, no. like when it, when it first came out, we had them. They came to the event and you got F two out there yeah. as they as they now call it GP two at the time. 
boom, boom, like the noise and yeah. the crispness of the exhaust and that, that, that feeling you get was just immense. Yeah. And then the Formula 1 cars come out, you're like, because, well, sorry, you're, you're in race control, the track's behind you when you're looking yeah. at the screens. So you're like looking at this, the wall behind you, is that, is that them? Mm, that's a bit yeah. disappointing. So, my, my first anything... F1 was Singapore 2011. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was the first one I ever got to. And we're getting hounded, you know, earplugs, earplugs, you want to buy it? And we go, nah, nah, nah. So we heard him fire up in the pits. We were in turn two. Yeah, yeah. Turn two on the outside. And they fired up in the pits for P, P1. Back in a minute, going to go get some earplugs. earplugs. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time I saw him was in uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was uh, Danny Rick was with Red Bull then. Um, and, yeah, no earplugs. Yeah. And I was sitting on pit lane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was it was horrible. It was just like... And it's not even... It's, it's not... Pu- like, if you haven't been to a Formula 1 of the olden era to now... It's not even the noise. It's yeah. it's the feeling of the noise because you're hearing it. Your ears start to bleed, of course, yeah. but you, you you're actually like you're absorbing that. It's like a jet car standing next yeah. to a jet car and getting completely toasted. Yeah, you like should some never, idiot never did, do that. Yeah, do that. The motorplex last told. year, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a certain story. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah mm. exactly. But it was the feeling of the noise because it's it reverberates through the air yeah. towards you, it's loud, it's all immersive, but it's also a feeling. And that feeling for me was just nothing like it, nothing yeah. like that screaming. Yeah, I, I can't even tell you which, okay. which one, anything of that generation. Yeah. Okay. Makes so... Circuit. I didn't, yep. I didn't mention Circuit. Circuit was the last pilot. Um, good question. Good question. Again, yes or... Or Bahrain. Bahrain's pretty good, and I haven't put enough laps around it. Bahrain, just because you got an excuse why I'd lose. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know the circuit. Sorry about that. You know, yeah, yeah. Not my best form today. Give me a couple of days worth of laps, and I'll be up. Yeah, yeah. Probably there for that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So James Hunt in a non-turbo F1 car mm. around Bahrain. Yeah. yeah. We had two in the Middle East, actually, yeah. that were owned by Dream Racing, and they bring them out every now and again. You can, you can go spend... Ten thousand dollars, I think it is. I, Aussie to go drive one of these for a session. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, oh mate, nice. did you do it? No, I almost got to drive one, yeah. but a sandstorm came through. Uh. One of my friends, Sean's, a, Sean that runs them, they have an F, they have an F four, which they lead and whatnot. And they got the two, they got an arrow and a jag. Oh. Yeah. Oh mate, the noise, the noise. The Standing noise. next to that, yeah, just yeah, nothing like it, nothing like it. Mm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so I guess as we finish this episode out, um, we'll sort of quickly touch on uh, Andrew mm. up at the car club. <laughs> Sorry to sort yeah, of. Nah. <laughs> I think we probably knew this was going to come. I at saw some this stage. Was coming <laughs> at some stage. Yeah. Um, so for the uh, non-West Australian people, the GM of the WA Car Club unfortunately passed away uh, not too long ago, just before the race meet. Um, and, um, yeah, it might have been him playing around with the wind and weather that day just to have a bit of a final laugh with everyone. So, um, obviously, you've, you worked with him since February. So, you know, like, how, how did you find him? Yeah, is it a lot of people you know, outside of the office didn't know him. Yeah, and that's that's a shame. He he touched a lot of people. Um, 
even though he wasn't he- heavily involved with them personally, what he's done for the club um, in the past five years, I've, I've only been there since February, but I have an understanding from members I've spoken with, you know, inside of the, the committees and outside of the committees and races and old races and, and everyone else, um, that what he's brought in the last five years is... It's it's almost it's a it's a legacy it's a legacy yep. you could say in bringing the structure to the club that may have been missing before in the terms of governance financial reporting um, and generally making bringing that club up to a higher standard to survive and deliver more for the club and its members in the future because yep. every club relies on its members but if the members are I want this for myself and you know drifting should do more or you know whatever categories vying for their own mm. thing, it starts to tear apart because everyone's pulling in these separate directions. Yeah. What he did um, as a GM is bring everyone back together and say, okay, stop your infighting. Let's let's build a club. Yeah. How do we do this? We start here. And the governance and the, the committees now, like there's never a garage committee and you got a garage if you, you knew the right person and whatever else. Now there's a committee that decides like, who gets the garage. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it seems simple. Yeah. But there's like 60 people wanting garages at the moment, thereabouts. I don't quite on the figure exactly. But there's now a process. So it's not just I want to storm a boat in there. You have to have a reason. You've got to be involved in the racing and be for the circuit. So that legacy is will live on yep. for a very long time. And I hope whoever comes into that role next carries that on. Um, as a person, really quirky guy. Like really... Yep. <laughs> He's, he's ex-military officer, um, so his his jokes were sometimes probably <laughs> not not so work safe as such. But he's just a really quirky, really nice guy. Like I came in, he, he knew what my experience was in motorsport and whatnot, and it was pretty much all right. There's the seat, get on with the job. You know what you need to do. Got any questions about the circuit, whatnot? Come and see me. So I'd, I'd go just bounce things off him. What about this? How do we do this? Because obviously I'm still learning. The, the hierarchy, the structure, yep. and all of that element. But yeah, just I, let me get on with my job. And for me, that having that independence just to deliver events as to the best of my ability um, is key to, to doing it because micromanaging and those kind of styles don't work. And he didn't do that. He just gave us free reign. So Lauren, myself, Christy, all the rest of the team there were just given the reins to, to deliver motorsport. And he just makes sure that the committees and what we do is in line with the overall goal of the club and that's it's huge it's huge yeah. to, to have that happen yeah yeah mm. yeah and i think um yeah like the supercars changes that were made by him were oh, so beneficial for the club instrumental yeah um which you know a lot of people again you know may not know that you know the old deal obviously you know i don't know how much i can repeat so i won't repeat too much but it was definitely not in the club's interest um, how mm. it was originally structured, mm. um, and especially in COVID times. You know now, yeah, oh, now that yeah, deal that, that, now that the club would be gone. Yeah, like, yeah, there'd be nothing there. Yeah, or someone else would be running that that circuit. Yeah. You, know, ha, 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 you know, we're a co- corporate entity now. Yeah, because it was yeah the restructure of that was instrumental, and the profit share and what used to be in place and all those yeah. things that that used to happen wasn't the best best interest of clubs. They were no. delivering too much. Um, for what they were getting mm. in return, spectator numbers yeah. were dropping, all the rest of it, and people keep saying, "Oh, marketing, you do more marketing," but you pay for it. That, but the diversity of events, mm. like everyone says, "Oh, 30 years ago we had a million crowd," and like 30 years it, ago there was supercars on and nothing else. There was mm. no social media. There's none of those other 
external entertainment sources, live streams and yep. all that. So it's a different market. And, and it brought it more in line with how the other circuits do it, mm. you know. So yeah. Yeah. It's the best way. Oh, 100%, 100%. And it makes everyone at the club that works there a lot less stress from what I've been told. <laughs> um, I, I haven't delivered one because, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, if you haven't heard, if you've been living, living under a rock for the last couple of months, they cancelled again, unfortunately, due to COVID. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he's, it's it was an instrumental change. And it's, yeah. that is a supercar change, but all the smaller nuances and yeah. the way that the club delivers is huge, yep. huge. Mm. Definitely be sorely missed and even from working mm. as a contractor to the club and, you know, some of the – I know you heard the stories we were talking about the other day in the office and, uh, you know, like just getting an answer sometimes – you know, it would take an hour or two to get an answer, but, you know, you'd get an answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes there's, you know, the less you heard from him, sometimes the better. So, yeah. But, um, you know, not because there's anything wrong with hearing from him, but it just meant that, you know, there was no issues and, you know, yeah. you're doing you're doing, deliver, yeah. doing what you need to do and he was happy with it and exactly. the club members were happy so he wasn't hearing from them. Mm. It was usually, yeah, when that phone rang from Andrew, it was usually I'd, I would upset one of the categories by calling them Formula Whatevers or... But, yeah, so no, he'll be sorely missed. But, um, yeah, yeah um, and we'll end the podcast on that note. Okay. So, um, yeah, catch us next time. Ciao. Cheers.